0: Hey everyone, uh, this is Leslie from uh, Binance Trading. Uh, Just wanted to uh, bring everyone's attention to a a recent piece that we published along with the Binance Research team. I'd like to thank the guys there for coming up with the questions and uh, analyzing the survey. Uh, You can see more of their reports at research.binance.com. The report I want to talk about is uh, one named Institutional Market Insights uh, for the second quarter of 2019. It's actually an idea that we wanted to bring up back in our days at Merrill Lynch. We used to have a uh, quarterly survey where we ask our clients what their views are of the market, what their holdings are now—are they overweight or underweight—and we thought that was great. A lot of clients really like to hear about what the other guys were doing, and uh, you know, it, and we, as we say, it—it it takes your information to be able to get the right data to give everyone. So uh, hopefully we can do the same thing in the crypto space and have it be useful. I'm gonna go over some of the uh, key points that we came up with in in this report and what we thought was interesting. So we're just gonna go over the report now. So the first part is our uh, average holding time. Uh, we, we do see that most of the people that trade in our exchange are uh, long-term holders for you know, holding for more than a week. Uh, otherwise, the other larger uh, group of people are holding less than an hour. So what that means is it's sort of bar built between the guys that are long-term crypto funds and investing in projects or in Bitcoin versus high-frequency trading shops who trade uh, very quickly, uh, maybe across exchanges or, or across pairs on, on Binance. Second part is on, on stable coin. I think the, the key point here is that uh, people still do use uh, USDT. If you look at the volumes on the exchange, uh, USDT volumes are still uh, a large part of total volumes versus the other stable coins. But people are looking for alternatives given the amount of news that has come out on Tether and, and other news from the, from New York, the New York Attorney General recently. So uh, that is something that people are looking at. And uh, you can see that uh, USDC, PAX, TUSD and DAI are also a very interesting alternatives. Uh, even though, you know, we don't list DAI in our exchange, but it is one of the uh, uh, few algorithmic stable coins where we see a lot of trading. The next point what we find interesting is uh people using an otc desk uh, i think the key point here is that uh, though most of the respondents use an otc desk for converting fiat into crypto uh, what was very interesting is that the clients with the largest aums with the largest assets under management actually use otc desks for liquidity and less trading hassle so what does that mean i, I think many of the uh the larger funds uh, they may find that it's easier to find an OTC desk who is able to source uh, better prices for larger size on certain coins and tokens and pairs, and uh, it beats having to trade uh, by themselves. Whether their algorithm, whether they use an algorithm or not, if they don't use an algorithm, it's easier just to find a desk to sell it. Otherwise, uh, perhaps their algorithm is not optimized for the for the pair or for the coin that they're trading. The other part I found was was interesting was a uh, custodian. Uh, Of course, from our our survey, we see that most uh, rely on exchanges to store assets. Well, part of that is skewed because we are Binance and we're asking our clients for the survey. So clearly they would store uh, assets on the exchanges. But one thing I do want to say is that it's particularly important in crypto to store assets on, on exchanges or to have a short time between transferring. Uh, Because of the nature of the business where uh, crypto assets are basically holder securities, it is important that you have the shortest time possible moving uh, coins between exchanges to be able to trade. Uh, What I mean by that is, for example, if you're holding Bitcoin or you're holding USDT, uh, Omni, if you're holding it in a cold wallet and uh, you see the case, uh, as was the case the, the other day where BTC rapidly gained in price and you want to get into the market, it actually takes you maybe half an hour to 40 minutes to move the BTC or to move the USDT onto an exchange and to have enough block confirmations before you can actually trade. So this this cost of time is is what's very important in crypto. And that's why the the cost of capital in crypto is much higher than in other traditional assets. An interesting point here is that, uh, another interesting point that we saw was that decentralized exchanges are still not very popular. I think that's mainly due to lack of liquidity and, uh, and compliance concerns for some of the uh, traders. For example, if you if you are facing a dex, what is the entity that you would be facing? That is that is something that could be holding back a few of the users there. In terms of lending and borrowing, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of products out there, such as uh and Nexo. Uh, we still see very low usage. I think 33% of uh, of our larger clients use it. Uh, Mainly, there are investors with long-term strategies. It's very hard for high-frequency guys to use these lending and borrowing platforms because once again, the time cost of uh, coins is actually very high. And the other thing that's a concern is counterparty risk. Uh, In traditional finance, you have uh, legal documents written up. Uh, you You abide by certain laws in different countries. Uh, you try to be in the same country when you're, when you're settling. A lot of these DeFi or these other lending platforms, it's basically wallet to wallet. And you have no recourse to the client uh, outside of the block address that you have. Uh, hence, hence, actually, the, the counterparty risk is quite high. And it's something that we have been mentioning, uh, something that is still in its, in its infancy in this, in this uh, industry. Then we asked some of our uh, clients about their their market views. We listed out the you know what they thought were the highest risks to the crypto industry, and then the uh, biggest growth drivers. So the largest risks, uh, I think that's that's understandable uh, is technology failure. so basically being hacked or the smart contract not working well. and the second largest risk is, is global and local regulatory uh, environment. You know that, is, that has definitely been in the news recently with a lot of these new uh, updates coming out from the SEC and and some other regulators as well. In terms of the potential growth drivers, uh, once again, it is global and local uh, regulations, that is clear. Uh, But what's interesting in terms of the growth drivers is uh, on-ramps. What we call on-ramps are very important, such as uh, ETFs. Or uh, traditional on uh, traditional brokerages such as E Trade or Fidelity offering the services. ETFs have been around for a while, and we've been hearing about it in the news and the de- and delays. But people still think it's very important because, as as a part of the global financial industry, crypto asset market cap is actually very very low, and just a small change in the allocation of some of these larger funds or or larger pools of money is going to lead to a a lot more growth in crypto asset market caps. One interesting point is uh, we asked people about the expected dominance of of Bitcoin and uh, most people thought it should be in the range of uh, 40 to 60 percent by the end of the year. Now, uh, given the recent move in BTC, we're hovering right around just below 60 percent. Uh, as of today, I see uh, it's fifty nine as of uh, june twenty fourth. So we could see there's there's two things that could happen: uh, Bitcoin could come back down uh, or uh, the price of alts could come up. Now this is just a survey, but hey, you know the wisdom of crowds is is often uh, a, a true a true effect. So uh, we could see one of the two happen in the near future. Finally, we asked people about the uh, different industries that they felt were the most undervalued segment, and we split it into into four. Uh, blockchain infrastructure, whether you know it's it's new blockchains and, and different technologies there, or uh, whether it's a that's one. The second one is whether it's a store of value, payment, settlement coins. Third category, a service and, and distributed apps on the on the on the blockchain and others. We we see most of the uh, our respondents view blockchain infrastructure and uh, the store of value sectors as the sectors with the uh, highest potential for growth. Finally, uh, this is you know we just want to close out by saying this is just the first uh, report that we have. Uh, you know we'd love we'd love any feedback if you feel like there should be any questions that we should ask our users or if there's anything you find uh, interesting or or, or uh, useful we can try to delve down into it deeper. And once again, I'd like to thank the Binance Research Team for coming out with these informative reports and uh, coming out with so many interesting articles. Thanks, everyone.